It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, which potential lineups got the most juice for this year's Toronto Raptors team? We will sort through that very question with Vivek Jake with Raptors.com as we've come up with three lineups each that we think indeed got the juice. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? And welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, October the 17th, one week from the start of the NBA season. It is mercifully very, very near. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now, going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at WoodleySean. You can go to Lockdown Raptors on Instagram. And follow the show there. And, of course, you can join the show in the Discord server. we got a great little listener community, 200-plus little sickos just like you, talking Raptors, loving every second of it. we got our Fantasy League going. You can come and make fun of me for being really bad at fantasy basketball. Uh, there's movie talk. There's all sorts of stuff in there. We'd love to see you join our little Locked on Raptors family over on Discord. It's free to do. Link is in the description of the podcast as Always, you can also find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts, on the audio apps, and on YouTube. You can hit the big red subscribe button over there and support the show. Uh, it's free to do, all, all of it. It's a free show. Every single corner of the show, wherever you might find it, it is free. And we much appreciate the little things you can do to support the show, like subscribing, rating, and reviewing, and telling a pal. All right, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at GameTime. Down the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And we will dive now into today's show by introducing... Introducing our wonderful guest from Raptors.com, uh, who is deep in cricket brain right now. We're recording at a weird time because the Cricket World Cup beckons. Big V, Vivek Jacob, how the hell are you, buddy? I've basically just woken up. That's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> we were recording this at about 8 o'clock p.m. on Monday, just so everyone's aware of the insane hours you're keeping right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the games start at about 4.30 a.m., and they run until about noonish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get some work done, I eat some lunch, and then I just pass out. And I is wake it up lunch when I wake up. if it's your last meal before an extended sleep? Is that dinner? Is that midnight snack? Is that, uh, yeah, I guess so. You, we can call it whatever you want to call it, Sean. <laughs> Welcome to Locked On Philosophy. Uh, we will, we'll sort through that question another day. Uh, we are here to sort through one major question on today's show, which is which Raptors lineups do we think have the most potential punch to pack? And we're going to dig into that by each sharing three lineups that we've concocted. We're going to run through them here on today's show. There is a chance we'll have some overlap, but hopefully not. We, they're surprise lineups, so the, if there is overlap, it will at least have some dramatic effect, which will be fun. Before we dive into that, 
that, though, Big V, I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on the state of the roster battle situation with the Raptors. Of course, two preseason games left. They play tonight against the Chicago Bulls in their second to last preseason game. And they seem kind of like they don't have any roster battles whatsoever. It's kind of weird. I guess the two things that you'd point to are, does Jeff Doughton Jr. find a way onto this team? Plenty of folks would rather see him over Malachi Flynn. I think, honestly, if you're spending your time worrying about this question, you got bigger problems probably to deal with. Um, But there's also the Gary Trent Jr. will he start, will he not thing, which seems to have been put to bed today by Gary Trent Jr. himself. Uh, Today being Monday, you're listening to this on Tuesday, of course. Um, So... Big V, quick thoughts on the Flynn versus Doughton thing or Doughton versus Garrett Temple or whoever else Doughton might replace uh, if he is to get a guaranteed contract and be on the 15-man roster. And I guess the starter thing, too, if you have any quick thoughts there. Of course, that will lead us nicely into lineup talk regardless. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the way Darko has spoken of Malachi, I think they really want to you know, find out what he's got, like how much of this was a Nick Nurse situation, not getting Mm -hmm. opportunity. And, you know, I think even when you look at uh, the way Malachi has spoken, it's kind of like, hey, I kind of feel like I have this new lease on life and like, let's see what this looks like now and uh, turn a new page, new chapter in my NBA career and let's see what happens. Uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure on some level there's a pride aspect to it with Masai and Bobby saying, Hey, this is a guy we picked in the first round. Um, we're not ready to just like, you know, toss this one away yet. So, uh, let's see what we've gotten. Kind of, that was a a sideline theme of Masai's at media day, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see what it looks like. (laughs) So you can apply (laughs) that same logic with Malachi. Let's see what he looks like with Darko at the helm. And, you know, Darko, I think, you know, that element of being a player's coach, was very visible at uh, the media scrum t- today, right? When he was asked about Malachi and was very much like, I am going to do everything I can to support this player and get every ounce of goodness I can from this player. And then if it fails, then we have a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I mean, on the Malachi thing, I, I feel like... I stepped outside of my like usual box on Monday's show saying that I would rather Malachi on this team than Jeff Doughton Jr. Purely because he's flashed some ability to take threes and hit them in a way that Jeff Doughton Jr. just hasn't yet. And I do think, to carry that even further over, the idea that a guy who had some pedigree, first-round pedigree in Malachi Flynn, who obviously it's been uh, not so hot the first three seasons in his, of his NBA career, and you know his comments about Nick Nurse and getting a new lease on life, boy, the, the things just keep coming out in training camp to suggest that everyone is just really happy Nick Nurse isn't the coach anymore, which is a fun little through line of training camp. Um, but I, I do think, like, you get a developmental mind like Darko Ryakovich in, you get a fresh set of eyes on a player like Malachi Flynn, maybe there is something there. I, ultimately, there's probably nothing huge, right? Like, I don't think this is a question that's going to add or subtract wins from the Toronto Raptors in-season total necessarily, but I think it's interesting to hear the way they've talked about Malachi Flynn. Obviously, Jeff Doughton Jr. is, I think, a bit of a fan favorite. Uh, and look, you know, there's lots to like with Jeff Doughton as well. This isn't me saying he's, like, bad or anything like that. I just don't know if they need, like, another defense first player on this team when they have kind of a lot of those. And, and so that's kind of why I side with Malachi versus Doughton in like the lowest leverage debate of all time. Um, It's kind of where I'm at. You know, the Doughton thing I think is a little different because there's sort of two sides of the conversation. There's the the, the on the court basketball conversation and the sort of 
have the Raptors kind of dicked this guy around in an unfair way over the last year, you know, not having him, uh, you know, play the full 50 games he could have played in the NBA, not making him eligible for the play-in by guaranteeing his contract and making it an NBA deal, uh, not signing him to a guaranteed deal in the summer when the whole thing was, hey, they can sign him to a guaranteed deal in the summer when they didn't do that earlier. Um, you know, does that kind of sit like a bit of a sour taste in your mouth, the way they've kind of handled this doubting thing? And do you kind of view that separately from the evaluation of the player? Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I think when you look at, you know, the way things have gone with the 905, obviously, uh, that path doesn't exist anymore, right? Like Delaware has his rights. And so if he were to get cut, then Mm -hmm. he's going to Delaware and that's done with. And so what, uh, what comes of that? If you say, okay, you know, if we're cutting him, we don't really see a path to the team anyway. So mm-hmm. why not have that spot on the 905 for someone who we could see that potential with? Sure. Right. Um, the other side of it is, hey, we just disagree with that opinion <laughs> that Doughton can be something for this team and that you should not be willing to cut ties. And so mm-hmm. uh, he is up against it. Obviously, you know, with the situation that he's got, he has basically got to convince them saying, someone on this roster is worth cutting to make room for me. Mm -hmm. That's how much of an impression you have to make. Then, you know, you try and last till I believe it's Jan 10th or or whatever. That's the other cutoff date for him that his contract becomes like fully guaranteed and goes up to about two mil, uh, I believe. And so I think that's where uh, they have sort of presented that challenge to him. And Mm -hmm. I think, at this stage, you would kind of just say it's unlikely and it's not going to happen. And they would rather see someone on the court who they have made much more of an investment in, in terms of drafting him in the first round mm-hmm. in Malachi. Yeah, look, I, I think it's it would be nice if they had given Jeff Doughton Jr. more money over the course of his time with the Raptors. That would be beautiful. I want to see players make money um, above all else. But I, you know... This is the the life of 15th men in the NBA. It's a grim reality, but it's just the way guys on the fringes of the NBA are, are there's just kind of the reality they live, and that stinks. But like, I, I don't think the Raptors are necessarily more ghoulish than some other team in the way they've handled their 15th guy here. Um, it's unfortunate. And, and yeah, like I think unless we see Jeff Doughton really kind of show out against not the uh, fourth quarter roster of the Cairns Taipans in the final two preseason games, he's probably not going to make this roster. But uh, I do think it's probably the most interesting story of the final two preseason games, which I think says something of the preseason in itself. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm curious to see, you know, did I think we'd spend a full segment on this? No, I didn't. But hey, we are here at the 10 minute mark, which means we got to take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side and we will play a little lineup roulette, pick some lineups we think that each we want to see a little bit, maybe kind of work their way into the core lineup rotation for this team coming up on the other side. We'll do that momentarily. But first, today's episode is sponsored by Better Help. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. I struggle with this a lot with exercise. I've been better about it lately, but a lot of the time I know I need to be exercising. I know I feel like crap, but I can't bring myself to get off the couch and do it. And therapy can be something that helps you figure out what's holding you back from doing those things that are obviously good for you so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. It's a great thing. It's not just for things like this. It's for all sorts of different things you might be reckoning with. Maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's just you need some TLC in your relationship. Whatever it might be, 
BetterHelp can be there for you to help guide your decision-making and make it so all of your decisions will be in line with what your core values are. Sometimes you might not even know that, but BetterHelp, with the help of a therapist, can get you there. If you're thinking of trying in therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today for 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here. Big V, Vec Jacob, Raptors.com, along as we continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into lineup combos. One of my favorite things, just thinking about basketball, Big V, I got to say, I have like a whole like series of notes apps just at various times where I'm like, huh, let's think of some lineups. If I'm bored, like on a train or something, let's do some lineup combinationing because that's a fun thing to do. Do I need to find better hobbies? Probably, uh, but this is my life. Okay, Big V. I've given you an assignment, we've each had the assignment, to come up with three lineups that we think got some juice that we want to see the Raptors roll out at some point this season. Maybe they can even kind of carve their way into being a core lineup for this Raptors team. You know, I figure we know a couple of the core lineups. Obviously, the starting lineup's going to be in there quite a bit. I would imagine the starters with Gary in place of Dennis Schroeder will play quite a bit, and we'll see some others kind of form over the course of the season. But Big V, I got to ask you, man, Let's uh, let's just start with you. What's your first lineup that you have dreamed up that you think might have a little bit of juice that Darko Ryakovich should maybe turn to at some point early in the season? Well, I mean, I think this is a pretty obvious one and mm-hmm. I think uh, will be used fairly often. I think uh, we've had a lot of debate about Dennis or Gary, Dennis or Gary, and this one is both. So you have Dennis, hey! Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got, you know, arguably uh the raptors big three uh, with og pascal and scotty and so, okay uh yeah i think i think that's a, a fun lineup that you know obviously you've got to be selective and, tr- and look at who's playing uh the center position for the other team but i think uh that's a team that can really get after it and can really um you know move the ball defend um and you know maybe really have some fun in transition what makes you like that lineup more than, or maybe it doesn't, maybe you don't like it more than the lineup that was the most used lineup for the Raptors last season of Pascal, Fred, OG, Gary Trent, and Scotty Barnes, which over the course of 380 minutes had a plus 0.4 net rating. Uh, what, what, what's the sort of differentiator there between the lineup with Dennis Schroeder versus uh, Fred Van Vliet? Obviously, you get like another year of Scotty Barnes development to factor in here as well. Well, I think... Uh, first off, uh, defending at the point of attack, uh, I think we know Fred to be very effective as uh, a pick and roll defender, as a help defender. But I think Dennis Schroeder's real strength is defending one on one, which is something that Darko Ryakovich seems to want uh, from this team a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you know, switching is not sort of a default in the scheme. And so I think that is one big difference. And then 
again, like, you know, every, the games we've watched so far, every time Schroeder is out there, I, I just like the speed element that he brings to this team. Um, and I think Scotty, uh, the sort of aggressiveness that he's shown early in this season, the intent that he's playing with, uh, I think, you know, he's really trying to show that, hey, all this conditioning work that I put in in the offseason that I pointed out, uh, at the end of last season saying, this is what I need to get better at. I mm -hmm. want to be out there. I want to be running, gunning, doing everything I can. A um, couple of three balls are nice to, nice to see too. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but I think that those are probably the key differences where, you know, you don't think the ball is going to get stuck as much. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I think you trade off, obviously the pull-up shooting of Fred in that lineup. And, you know, I think you're kind of, a little bit more star for space that said you get the scotty gary combo out there which is a very good combination i think you can run a lot of scotty as like an elbow hub with that particular set of players out there we saw them run this lineup a little bit in the game against cairns as well uh and during this stretch pascal ran a pick and roll with scotty barnes and ended up in a very loud scotty barnes dunk that got me very excited because uh you know i'm a big big sicko for scotty barnes at the five as i'm going to get to with my first lineup in just a second here but um yeah i i think I don't know if I picked that to be like, I don't think that should be their most used lineup like that version of it was last year, but as a smaller sort of change of pace, maybe you close some games with it. I think it's probably got some of capital T capital day, J the juice. Uh, let's go to my first lineup. I call this one all length plus shooting question mark. Uh, it's Pascal Siakam playing point guard. On the wings, you have Jalen McDaniels, OG Ananobi, and Otto Porter Jr. And at center, you have one, Scotty Barnes, at the five. So Pascal, McDaniels, OG, Porter, Scotty Barnes. Uh, this, to me, gives a lot of space around that Pascal, Scotty pick and roll. I think of all the sort of big, big, you know, wing-wing pick and roll combos the Raptors have, I like the Pascal, Scotty one the most because teams got to worry about that Pascal pull-up, right? And it kind of gives a little bit of space. Teams are going to, you know, often throw two to him when he gets into that 18-foot range. And Scotty Barnes lurking on the back end as a roll man, pretty exciting to me, especially when you have all that spacing around him. You know, if Jalen McDaniels is hitting 36% of his threes, if OG's doing his regular thing, if Otto Porter's doing his regular thing, those are really good shooters. And not just that, but those three guys might be three of the best cutters on the team as well. And you could probably have a whole lot of fun stuff working out of Scotty in the short roll. Maybe teams throw two at Pascal to get the ball out of his hands to keep him from turning the corner and getting downhill. And then all of a sudden you have Scotty middle of the floor with all sorts of cutters and shooters around him. That's pretty thrilling to me. Uh, this lineup, I can't stop thinking about Big V. I really want to see it. I'm going to be mad if we don't for a pretty long stretch uh, at some point. Uh, is this uh, a lineup that you think has the juice? I think it does, as long as Otto Porter Jr. is healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's the caveat for everything. <laughs> yeah, he must have yeah. his toe attached to his body. Yes, I know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, again, I and I have a lineup with the Otto in there as well. And mm -hmm. I think the type of player Otto is, like, that theoretical fit is amazing, right? And so, uh, yeah, I think your lineup has some juice. I think it could be a really fun lineup that, that you could throw out there. And, uh, yeah, in terms of the spacing, it makes a lot of sense as well. So uh, I like that. Uh, I will throw my Otto Porter Jr. lineup uh, at you. Please do. Um, so I, I wanted to give myself a bit of a challenge I was because I was kind of going through the lineups and I was like, okay, this feels a little like cheating because I've always got like Pascal Scotty in there. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, no, no Pascal, no Scotty, 
what, what, I had what, one of these too. It's a Patico. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went with um, Dennis, Gary, mm-hmm. OG, Otto yep. Porter Jr., and Yak. Like it. Like it quite a bit. Mine is startlingly similar but we'll get to that in a second <laughs> talk about yours <laughs> yeah and, and you know I, I love that you know you can kind of have uh dennis and yak as your hubs and and then you have the spacing of gary of og of Otto porter jr uh, mm-hmm. and you know og i think is gonna uh really uh enjoy cutting in that lineup you'll get some three ball looks obviously but i think we've seen some really strong chemistry uh at the end that back end of last season between him and yak and so i think we'll see more of that uh in this particular lineup um i think you know dennis is going to be really good at finding the shooters uh and then i think i'm liking what i've seen in that one game that we saw of dennis and yak together Mm -hmm. and so uh, i like that pairing and so yeah i think this could be a fun non-scotty non-pascal option yeah, the logic of pair your best pick and roll ball handler with your best big man who can dive to the rim and pick and roll is pretty pretty sound, especially as a way to get around and not having Scotty or Pascal on the floor. I, I'm curious, like how often do you think they will have one or sorry, both of Scotty and Pascal on the bench? Like, do you think this is going to be a thing where Darko tries to keep one out there at all times, or do you think they could just kind of say, you know what, we we have enough here? to get by and you know it almost opens up some interesting more shooting heavy lineup possibilities to not have both those guys out there yeah i I think it's interesting in the sense that you know maybe the way scotty plays yak isn't necessarily like the best combo Mm. Uh, and and so i feel like you know if you pair if you're pairing out of those four between mm-hmm. Pascal, Scotty, OG, Yak, right? In mm-hmm. terms of twos and twos, you might want to go, you know, Scotty and OG, right? Sure. And you might go Pascal and Yak because who doesn't want to see <laughs> a Yak in the middle? <laughs> but, uh, you know, this one, obviously, like I said, I didn't want to have either Pascal or Scotty, so I went with that. But mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how Darko views that um and he might look at it and say you know hey on the other side of the floor we get the best out of scotty maybe if he's not at the five mm-hmm. right if we have yak at the five and then scotty's out on the perimeter a bit more um that's where we get our best so it, it's going to be interesting to see the different things that he weighs and just like understanding the way he thinks about the game and the patterns and all of that which uh we're coming up on soon enough for sure. Um, the other sneaky part of that lineup, too, is if you are going to do the thing where OG gets more touches just to see what's there or satisfy whatever itch he needs to scratch creation-wise, it's not a bad way to do it when you have lots of shooting around him and a proper big to go play with as well. So uh, I don't dislike that lineup whatsoever. In fact, the lineup I'm going to share in just a second is basically the same with one player swapped out. Well, we can talk about that specific player a little more in depth in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you, better friends over at game time which are the best place right now to go and find tickets for whatever sporting event you might want to go to whether you're planning it months in advance or you're trying to go the last minute to a game 
Game time is awesome. The last few events I've gone to, I've bought my tickets from Game Time, been super happy, got tickets for a Seattle Storm game and a Seattle Mariners game in the same weekend, and I saved myself all kinds of scratch. The Storm tickets I got were like six bucks. I bought them right outside the door of the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, walked right in with my cheap Game Time tickets with those last minute deals. It was awesome uh go right now and check out game time they have all sorts of great features they get photos of your seats so you're never guessing where your seat is what kind of sight lines you're going to have and also they have the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else game time will credit you with 110 percent of the difference there's no reason not to go to game time go check them out right now and take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time down the game time app create an account use the code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem the code locked on nba l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, rounding things out here with Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com and of Cricket World Cup watching fame. Uh, here, rounding other things out with our sets of lineups we've just uh, come up with. Lineups we think are going to have a little bit of juice for Darko Ryakovich this coming season that we want to see at least get some usage at some point this year you mentioned before the break you had dennis uh with gary trent jr Otto porter jr og ananobi and yakka purtle is one of your lineups i have basically the same lineup but i took out Otto porter jr and i put in grady dick so it is schroeder grady dick gary trent jr og and yakka purtle yeah, you kind of are light on wing defense with this with Grady Dick and Gary Trent Jr., but I like the idea of those two dudes running around like maniacs off of Yakup Hurdle dribble handoffs. I think that's cool. I think those are the types of guys who are really going to benefit from uh, some, you know, all this elbow action they're going to try to run this season. And I, you know, obviously it's been not the most resounding start for Grady Dick in the preseason. I still think those threes are going to fall. And I also think he's got to play. I, I know there's some folks who might say, oh, stick him to the 905, get him some development time. I don't see the point of not having Grady Dick in the 10-man rotation to start the season. He does a thing that the team badly needs in that he spaces. And I think just, it, it, what is this season if you're not just trying to see what Grady Dick can do at the highest level? And I also think he's the type of player, you're not going to send him to the G League and ask him to run 100 pick and rolls and to develop that way. That's not the type of player he is. He's an amplifier. He's someone who's going to play better, playing with better players, you know, where he can leverage the space that he provides. And those better players can then in turn leverage that space for themselves. I, I think Grady Dick should be playing, maybe not in this specific lineup all the time without a Pascal or a Scotty out there necessarily, but I like the idea of this one. I think it's probably the most shooting heavy traditional spread pick and roll lineup the Raptors can go with, with, with Schroeder and Pirtle as the, the sort of backbone of it. What say you to this lineup, Big V? Am I getting too big or my britches too big when it comes? I don't know. Am I using that right? I don't know. Am I getting too excited about Grady Dick being a member of the rotation early on? Um, maybe. I think that it's going to take some time to get there. I, mm. I think uh, the biggest thing with Grady is going to be the defense, obviously, sure. uh, and being able to contribute on that end of the floor. The encouraging thing with Grady is uh, on the offensive side of the ball, 
you, you see that he's not just a shooter. Like he's looking to put the ball on the deck. He's looking uh, to cut uh, at every opportunity. Um, he will get in on the offensive glass from time to time. And so um, I think some of the stuff he's done off the bounce is really nice. Um, and so as that comes along, I think he'll get in the mix and, you know, we got to see which way this team goes uh, out of the gate as well. Right. And so I could definitely see a scenario where maybe things fade a little bit or, you know, are a bit underwhelming and that kind of tells the front office, which way they need to go. Mm. And and then you really start to see the youth movement. Uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to him getting 905 reps. I think that's uh, been a part of uh, this franchise's identity at its best. And, uh, if there's opportunities for him to just, you know, work on stuff that isn't quite uh, NBA level ready that he can just do over and over again uh, in a 905 game, I think that is uh, better for his development. And so, uh, you know, it, it, let's face it, in the beginning, he's going to be with the Raptors anyway. The 905 season always starts, you mm-hmm. know, like a month into the, uh, the NBA season. So, um, yeah, I, I think. It'll be nice to have him get some playing time early where even if he goes to the 905 later, it can be like, hey, this is the sample size of, you know, what did work and what didn't work on an NBA floor. This is what we can work at at the 905. Sure. Yeah. You know, maybe it happens. I I just... I kind of think the team with like four good shooters could should keep one of the shooters on the team uh, and just like play him a lot and grow and deal with the lumps as they come. I, I you know I think that could be a perfectly this isn't me like denigrating the idea of the nine hundred five being a development hub either, right? Like you can totally go down there and work on your game and get a lot better. I just tend to think for a guy like Grady Dick, who's like never going to be someone who's a like an on ball force who needs to kind of refine pick and roll creation or anything like that. I mean, that'll come over time, I'm sure, in some small amount, but he's going to be an amplifier, a guy who plays with better players and makes everybody everybody's lives a little bit easier. And, you know, maybe teams don't guard him like a shooting threat coming out of the gate. And that, you know, saps his, his ability to make that effect. But, you know, he, he comes in with as much shooting pedigree as anyone in the draft. So I would think that defenses are going to be a little worried about him firing up threes. But we shall see. Either way, I think that lineup is... Uh, maybe that's the lineup they go to after the Otto Porter trade value has been ballooned, uh, I suppose. And then uh, <laughs> they swap Grady in for Otto in your uh, proposed lineup. we got two lineups each left to get to. What you got for your last one? Or sorry, one left each. What's your last one here, Big B? Um, so I decided to just go as funky and as um, defensive as I could. Okay. And so I said, let's take a look at uh, Point Scotty, uh-huh. OG, uh-huh. McDaniels, uh-huh. Pascal, uh-huh. and Chris Boucher. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get weird. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, let's just go crazy. Um, we could do it with Nick. We can do it with Darko. And so... Uh, <laughs> Not everything Nick Nurse did was bad. It's just you can't do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got to be some variability here, man. Yeah, and so obviously granted the sp- the spacing will be quite bad. But mm-hmm. I do think in terms of what uh Nick uh, in terms of what Darko would want in terms of the ball movement uh and in terms of just constant player movement, this is a five that would be very equipped to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is uh, a lineup that would get out there, get after it, and just 
really tire teams out, exhaust them, whether they get a five-minute stretch, whatever it is, defensively, just really get into guys. I mean, if you've got, you know, OG, McDaniels, Pascal, um, I think that's obviously a strong core. We're expecting more out of Scotty defensively this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Chris Boucher, you know, the more he picks up with this scheme, I think will look better and better. I like, you know, the energy he's come out with has been very, like, I am so glad that we have a new setup here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I dig that lineup. It's not far off from the one I've proposed for my final lineup. In fact, it's even more insane than the one I proposed and more funky. And I think I like yours better than mine. So uh, congrats to you. Jalen McDaniels, man. I- I'm excited to see how he kind of slots in. He-, he seems like if the three falls for him, he's going to be a massively important player. I think John Hollinger wrote um in his sort of uh it might have been when he was talking about why he thinks the raptors are going to overachieve he's talking about mcdaniels and how mcdaniels is like has a chance to be one of just like by the value one of the best free agent signings of the offseason already is he's playing for what like four and a half million bucks this year and hollinger has him as like an 11 million dollar player just the player he is right now so um there's some upside there if those threes fall man at the you know the 37 38 he's kind of you know flashed moments of in his career Things get pretty exciting with that dude. And that lineup would be uh, just like nasty to try to score on. And I don't even care that there's not a lot of shooting in that lineup uh, because who needs to shoot when every possession is running off a miss and dunking on their faces? Uh, Solving basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My last lineup, we're running it back, baby. We're going back. This is called the 2021-22 reload lineup. It's just a lineup they used quite a bit that year, and it was really fun. Scotty, Gary, Pascal, Precious, Chris Boucher, uh, a lineup that in 2021-22 had a plus 20.4 net rating over 51 minutes together with a 40% offensive rebounding percentage. That's ridiculous. They collected 58.3% of all available rebounds. Again, can't really shoot, but if you have all the rebounds and you score on the run a bunch, who cares? Uh, And I think that lineup, you know, has... It's proven it's got some juice in the past. It was not as good last year. It was a minus 5.3 net rating in about 26 minutes of action. So, you know, not exactly, uh, you know, the, the small sample on both sides. is It's hard to parse, but I think that lineup could be kind of fun. We haven't talked a lot of Precious here either. Um, I hope we can get into a preseason game here or two. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I got. A lineup that everyone's seen before and everyone had a lot of fun with when they were uh, marauding through the Eastern Conference down the stretch back in 2021 22 so that's my last lineup here big v i have to ask you this question having gone through this exercise to wrap up the show is this team going to be a lot more fun than we thought like good and fun can be different things but i kind of think just the different lineup combos and the weirdness of this roster could actually lend itself to being pretty bloody fascinating even if the results maybe aren't always going to be there yeah no i think you're dead on I, i don't know how good they'll be but i think they'll be very fun and i think considering the way basketball was played last season and all the vibes that were surrounding the team, that would be, I think, a welcome experience for most Raptors fans. Mm-hmm. And if they can get wins along the way uh, at a, you know, a solid clip, like, you know, realistically, I think anything above 500 would be pretty good. Gravy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pour it on my potatoes, baby. I'll eat that up. <laughs> all down, down. Uh- <laughs> So, yeah, I think there's a lot of fun options. And I think the way Darko wants this team to play, they're obviously being uh, very, very 
uh, intentional about what they're doing with all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of the things that we've wanted to see the last couple of years in terms of opportunities for young guys, bench guys, uh, just expanding the rotation, um, the ball movement, all of that, um, a more straightforward defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think all of those things are going to kind of be a sigh of relief for Raptors fans. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely think uh, this could be fun. And yeah, you, you brought up some great memories uh, by mentioning that lineup because, I mean, that was the lineup that had that amazing stretch. Uh, I mean, I, I believe Delano was in there a bit too, but in Denver, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, that, that checks out. Yeah, uh, and so uh, I think they had the great uh, performance against Philly as well, um, you know, down the stretch there. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be fun to see. Even with my lineup, the one with, you know, Scotty, OG, McDaniels, Pascal, and Boucher, I was debating, you know, is this more funky with Precious? And I was like, oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's always more funky with Precious, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, it's probably uh, more doable or even better if Precious can rediscover that three-point shot, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of lean Boucher because I was like, okay, at least you can kind of stick him out there on the perimeter and um, work your way there. But yeah, I, th- I think, again, lot, lots of options to consider. And I think bringing it back to where we were at the start of this podcast i do think that darko is doing the right thing of being very clear about how he wants to start the season because you're bringing in so much new stuff sure and so you know let's just have everything clear cut right out of the gate let's keep it simple and then when we get comfortable with the system everyone knows their role everyone knows what they're doing then we can kind of explore and see, okay, you know, does this lineup work better? Does that work better? And kind of expand from there. For sure. Just uh, going back to that 21-22 season, Barnes, Siak, and Boucher, Achua as a four-man unit. 335 possessions, plus 8.6 differential. Uh, Offense, fine. 66 percentile, 114.3. Defense, extremely good, 105.7 defensive rating. Um, So maybe there is, in fact, some juice there. And that four-man trio, you slide in whoever you want along those guys, and they might just be pretty all right. Um, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting, man. Interesting basketball. I'm cool with that. That That's really all I want to see is basketball that compels me nightly. The wins kind of, uh, they're fluff to me. Well, whatever. Uh, talk to me when the season ends about the wins thing. Um, but yeah, I, I just, they're going to be able to play more than one style of basketball this season, man, and it's really, really exciting. It's a novel concept, but it's super exciting. And we're going to leave the podcast there on a very exciting note. Big V, thanks so much for hanging out, buddy. This was fun. Do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Usual stuff, raptors.com. You can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. If you're a cricket fan, you can follow at uh, Play in the V, and you can get all my cricket takeaways. I'm, I've had takeaways on every single game so far, and that will continue all the way through to the final. Hell yeah. Everyone go support Big V and his cricket work among all the other wonderful stuff he Cricket's does. Cricket's in the Olympics f- now. That was the big announcement. That's right. Us. Big day for you, man. Holy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> were you napping when that when that news came out? Were you having your, your no, afternoon No, that, that was up in the morning. So I, oh, I, was, up, I was up when that was out. 
There you go. Uh, all right, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow to break down Raptors Bulls. I think Katie Heindel will be along. If not, we'll still break break down Raptors Bulls. It'll be fun. Hopefully, uh, we get some you know more competitive ball than we got against Cairns. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't want to keep keep being a grouch about that stupid game, but that was such a waste of everybody's time. Anyway, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Have yourself a wonderful day. Support support the podcast by subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. Always appreciated. And uh, thanks for hanging. Bye bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.